drink it in now. Touchdown Detroit Lions! Cornbread! 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 Drink it in now. Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, what is going on everybody? You know what it is. This is the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. I'm your host Derek Oakry talking Detroit Lions football twice a week on this show. I also have another show. It's called Believe in Lions and that's spelled B-L-E-A-V on the Believe Podcasting Network with myself, Jack Cavanaugh. We now have added to the team Mr. Jerry Ball, former Lions legend, big boy in the middle. Uh, he just came on last week. He's going to be coming on each week to talk Lions ball. Lots of great insights there. So if you haven't, and I don't know why you haven't, but you need to, go check out that show. Hit that subscribe button. And uh, yeah, I'm here today. I'm going to start off the show solo. I got some hot topics I want to talk about. We're going to have Logan Lamarandier on to kind of review this Green Bay game. Uh, should be a good show here. So let's get right into it. The first thing I want to talk about is what everybody wants to talk about here in Detroit and with the that are Lions fans. Why is Derek Barnes not playing? I mean, this guy balled out in the preseason. He's a physical specimen. You spent a, a what early fourth round pick, one thirteen overall. You moved up to get this guy, and you're sitting there and you're just letting him sit on the sidelines. I mean, did not play a defensive snap. You really think that? Anzalone and my personal whipping boy here on the show, Jamie Collins, Ocho, linebacker, guy that got getting paid ten plus million dollars to loaf around on defense. Doesn't you can tell he doesn't care, doesn't love football. Uh, there's just there's just nothing he does well other than every once in a while he, he fills a gap or shoots a gap and gets after a quarterback or he tries to get his hands on the football but most of the time he's just cruising at a at a comfortable speed behind line uh running backs wide receivers tight ends all over the football field get him off the field get Derek Barnes out there yeah Anzalone's a try hard guy he's also a captain on this team right now so Pair him up with Anzalone. Let them get out there. Let Derek Barnes be the run and hit hammer. Let Anzalone be the guy that makes the calls and just kind of snuffs out the run game. I think he had 10-plus tackles this past game. So Derek Barnes cannot just be sitting there behind the head coach. I kept seeing, you know, Dan freaking Campbell on the sideline. I'm like, I'm like, what? why is 55 just standing there behind you? I mean, especially the game gets out of control in the, in the second half you're not saying hey Barnes go out there and hit someone or when we tell you to blitz go kill that smug arrogant pompous aloof kooky horrible haircut just jabron named Aaron Rodgers like go just decapitate him I mean uh, this guy's gotta play I mean let, let's just go down the list too big denim Levi Onzarike I mean he finally got out there and, and played football but I didn't notice him. You took him in the high second round. I have high hopes for the guy. And it's only been two games. 
but this is a young football team. This is a team that you're letting your young guys get out there. We need to see things from these guys. Now, his his running mate, Aleem McNeil, which he took early in the third round, I mean, this guy, I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't blown up any quarterbacks or done anything outstanding, but I'm here to tell you, there is something about Aleem. <laughs> I've said it here before. I, I you probably like think I'm a broken record, but like he's he's a specimen in the uniform for a big guy. <laughs> like every time they show him on screen, I'm like that dude's like 21. He just looks massive when it comes to like his his thighs and just how thick he is as a player, and he's athletic. Like. We already know his history. We know that he can dance and, and make plays. Now, is he ever going to be like, you know, an Aaron Donald Pentrayer? No. Is he ever going to be a big-time sack guy? No. But I think when this guy gets like a two, one or two years in NFL weight room as well as learns his technique, I think he's going to be a big-time problem in the middle. I mean, just when he wears the uniform, like, that is a interior defensive lineman that I want on my team. So I love me some Aleem McNeil. Now, those guys are out there, but they're not doing anything yet. St. Brown at wide receiver, he's out there, but they're not featuring him. He's not getting, like, those little underneath routes we were hoping for. He's been open a few times on some really nice yak routes. They haven't got it to him. I mean, Julian O'Quara is either not suited up or when he is, he's getting four snaps. Uh, You know, it's just, I know these coaches see these guys in practice all day, every day. I know they have a pulse for the team and are trying to put together the best, you know, 53 or whatever it is on game day now where it's like, hey, these are the guys that give us the best chance to win. But I think I speak for all Lions fans when we want to see Levi, Aleem, Okwara, Derek Barnes. You know, we want to see guys like Austin Bryant. I mean, this guy played well in the preseason, and you just have him sitting over there either out of the game or inactive or not playing. I mean, he's wearing the swaggy number two. You got it. I mean, he was good in 94. What do you think he's going to do wearing number two as a 300-pound big boy? I mean, let him come off the edge. Let him run and hit people and see what he's got. I mean, maybe these guys will prove that they can't play. But maybe they'll show you, hey, you're trying to baby me. You're trying to bring me along slow. You're trying to protect me. Let me go out there and play and make some mistakes and fill out the game. The team will be better for it. I mean, we threw... Ify Melifanu out there, and he looked good. He looked better than average. He looked like a quality player for the limited amount of time we got to see him. Now he's hurting out for a while. Tell me if that rings a bell. How many freaking injuries is this team going to get where it's week three, our starting corners out, some of our big boys up front can't play, you know, we, we – we got another corner that's out. The other corners we have are undrafted. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, there's going to come a day where the Lions get these draft picks in the bank here that are coming up, and actually Brad Holmes gets after, which, again, I need to take a little side tangent. Brad Holmes, hello, are you there? Brad Holmes, my guy. Like, I killed um, 
Bob Quinn sometimes for like thinking he was a magician at the bottom of the roster, thinking you can't go a week without changing eight guys on the practice squad or the bottom of the roster. Brad Holmes hasn't done anything. He's got all these injuries. Wait, you're just gonna like let the team roll? I mean, I know you brought in Daryl Worley. I know you, um, you know, Ballantyne came in, but until I see them out there making plays, those are. Those are ho-hum moves to me. I'm thinking you might want to have a little sense of urgency. Now, am I, am I saying go make a big trade that's just going to hap- help you right now? No. But I think you you can't roll out guys from the bowling alley to play corner and linebacker and safety for you. You're not going to have a good defense at that point. So I want to see young cats play. I want to see progression. I want to see exciting football. I want to see when we do have a rash of injuries that we either have guys in the pipeline or that we're willing to go uh, do what we have to do to find someone that can be better than what we're putting out there right now. Again, AO, I mean, I got a big bone to pick with you. I'm not even going to play the sound bite because you don't deserve it. AO has been getting roasted. I haven't seen him make any plays. He doesn't look like he wants to tackle anybody. Like, I'm trying to rep the 24 jersey here at these games, uh, the white crispy, and you're not doing it just at Tufo. I mean, AO needs to get going, needs to play a lot better. I mean, if you're not going to tackle, then give me an interception. If you're not going to give me an interception and you're not going to tackle, you better be sticky in coverage, man, and be able to make plays. I don't care who else is out there. And you would think he's playing the number one now. I mean, he'd have to be the number one corner and – who knows who's playing at these other spots? A bunch of undrafted underdog type guys, if you ask me. So, I don't know. I feel they just need to let some of these guys loose. I mean, Jamar Jefferson. I mean, Brad Holmes took this guy in the seventh round when he was quoted, or not quoted, but my impression of it was, man, I'm taking a kid from Oregon State. What you mean, man? Like, then, hey, Brad Holmes, I'm not going to knock on your door like I just did, but how about this? How about you put in the kid from Oregon State, man? How about you put him in? Let him see what he got. I mean, you you sounded excited when you took him in the seventh round. This kid can't get on the field. I mean, we're trying to play big boy ball with Penny Sewell and Frank Ragnow and Jonah Jackson and even even Hal Vitae made a couple blocks that I was like, ooh-wee. Like, I mean, I, I, I guess I didn't really do that justice. Let, let me do that do that better. I mean, Hal Vitae did a couple things that made me say this. <laughs> I mean, he, he knocked a couple people out of the club, blew a couple people off the ball, made a couple nice angle blocks that really were exciting. Like... We're trying to bully people, so let, let let me get let me get Jay Swaggy as as my pounded back. Get him more touches. Let me get Jamar in there and get him some touches, and let DeAndre Swift play. Yeah, baby, and this guy too. Oh, we can only use him every third drive. Oh, we gotta alternate him. Oh, we'll, we'll we'll every blue moon get him out on a pass route. Did you see him late against the the mozzarella sticks? I mean, the guy was jumping over people. You were throwing little two yard routes. He was getting fifteen yards. You know, you you run the ball to him. He gets about eight yards a crack most times. It feels like. Can we please use the guy properly so it's not another high pick that we just don't use well? He has a few injuries. The next thing you know, his contract's up and he go balls out for some other team. He's a premier talent. DeAndre Swift's a premier talent. He's not being used enough. I would literally, 
use him on anywhere from five to seven pass routes designed per game. I would put him in the slot. I would run him out of the backfield. I'd run him on angles, on crosses, on outs, on option routes, on linebackers. I would even run him up the seam and try to throw it to him and he can just house call it. And and, and don't even get me started on bubble screens or that little slip screen that he scored on in week one. I would dial that up at least two times a game minimum. You know, um, like they used to do for Theo and company. When you have a dynamic pass catcher out of the backfield, you use him like that. You don't run him up the middle five times and maybe throw it to him once. Like, it's just ridiculous. So, I'm on board with Dan Campbell. I love the moxie that Aaron Glenn has. I like the positivity that Mark Brunel has. I love Deuce Staley, everything he does and says. I mean... Anthony Lynn, every time he steps to the podium, I'm like, man, we got a head coach as our OC. Like, I like this guy. But you can't always make it so hard on these young guys to be like, I need to see this, that, and the other. Sometimes you just need to let people play and see what they have. Let them prove to you that they don't deserve to be on the field when it really counts. Or how about this? Hold on. Let me get the sound bite. This is the Kool-Aid cast. Drink it in, man. How about you drink this in, uh, coaching staff? Put them out there in big games until they prove they shouldn't be out there. And then pull them off. You know? So, I think it's just, we're only in week two. We're heading into week three against, uh, you know, the Ravens. But, gosh, I just think they could unleash some of these young guys more. I feel like this is a young team. Jared Goff, between him and Hawkinson. And if they get Tyrell back, they can be functional on offense, especially if they not only feature Swift, but they pound teams. Like don't even don't even throw it a ton. Just early in the game. Just run it until they tell you they can stop it. You know? And then when they show you they can stop it, run it a little bit more. And throw it off play action. The minute you get running downhill, then Jared Goff can throw that play action and hit the he's been doing good in those areas. Like I love Jared Goff in play action. I love some of the things I've seen. But, young guys, we just got to get it together. What what are the Detroit Lions? To me right now, you know, people aren't going to like this, but for two games, Jared Goff's an, a bit above average game manager, in my opinion. If you're ahead of the sticks, if you give him good plays and he's protected, he's more than adequate. The minute you get behind the chains or ask him to throw an 18-yard, you know, scissor route to the outside and put it on a dime is when it gets a little dicey you know we we run it early on people and then the game gets out of control and now we're just throwing it to guys like Khalif Raymond and uh you know gosh who knows we're, we're I heard somebody say Quintez Cephas is number two and he meant in the league and I was like I, I said a few like after game one Q needs to be like the WR2 for the Lions but this is not a number two in the National Football League. Quintez Cephas would be like a number five on most teams. So I like the player, and I think he can get opportunity to see what he has. But don't pencil this guy in as some dynamic, you know, thousand-yard, eight-touchdown type wide receiver. That's not who he is. So if I need to give you a little Kool-Aid before we get Logan in here on this interview, it would be this. We're two games in. We didn't expect to beat San Francisco or win in Green Bay on Monday Night Football between the referees and the smug number 12 
and all the other foolishness that happened in that game. You know, it is what it is. You got Baltimore coming up and Chicago, you know. Then you get into, like, that part of the schedule that I'm most curious about. What what can you do against some of these non-elite teams? Because we know the Lions are not elite right now. Now, am I excited about them? Do I think some of these young players are going to come on? Do I think that, you know, by week 10, this team's going to feel and look a lot different and feel better than it does in week two? Yeah. But we know we're not elite. We're not Super Bowl quality. We're probably not even, you know, near playoffs at this point. I mean, playoffs? Like, I mean, gosh, I, I've got him somewhere. But, I mean, do you want to sum up how we how we looked in that second half against Green Bay? That's pitiful. I mean, it's absolutely pitiful to, to perform like that. Pitiful. It sucked. It stunk. I mean, the first half was not pitiful. We played great. We had a lot of promise. We were like, man... We're about to beat Green Bay in their house on Monday Night Football. But then the second half happened. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. We threw that game. We gave it away by doing that. We gave them the friggin' game. In my opinion, that sucked. That does suck, Jim Moore, because Jared Goff couldn't get a snap, threw it to the other team on a horrible decision, and fumbled just by himself a self fumble i mean it's it's about as bad as an own goal in in, in soccer which again is a horrible sport as well um you know just uh, kicking it into your own net is is what he did basically by just dropping the ball out of his own hands and and not being able to pick it up so disgraceful there in the second half but let the young guys play Come up with a game plan, which is take the air out of the football or find some creative ways to score points against the Baltimore Ravens. See if you can keep Lamar Jackson in the pocket, and maybe you have a chance. So we'll see what happens. Play the young guys, Dan freaking Campbell, please. I mean, again, I, I, I know you're a little bit, you know, a little bit ornery, like you've had enough of this. You don't want to see SOL, neither do I. But, you know, I, I'm a little bit sick too, Dan Campbell, not seeing these guys we drafted. You've had enough of that I, I've had enough, Dan Campbell. Let's play Derek Barnes. You've had enough of that Don't get me hot, Dan Campbell. Play Derek Barnes. You've had enough of that shit. Yeah, I have, Dan. So put him out there because I think Dan Campbell could do what you want to do. I Wait, no. I think Dan Campbell, I think Derek Barnes can do what you want to do, Dan Campbell. We all know what that is. We're going to bite a kneecap off. We're going to smile at you. We're going to take your other kneecap. We're going to smile at you. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. We're going to be the last one standing. All right. That's going to be the mentality. And I'm with that mentality, and I'm excited about it still, but it's not happened here early, and we hope that you will get to that point because everybody wants to see it. I mean, and we are sick and tired of this bleep and all this losing here in Detroit. You've had enough of that We have. So let's get it fixed, Dan freaking Campbell and company. Now, everybody, we're going to take a quick pause for our commercial break, and we come back. We're going to talk to Logan Lamarandier from Sports Illustrated All Alliance talking all about this Packer game, and so much more. Everybody, be right back. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. 
All right, everybody. This goes out to my fantasy football fans out there. Now, you probably heard about Reality Sports Online, the most powerful fantasy sports platform where owners can build and manage their fantasy team like a real NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? I mean, we're talking free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades. You can put franchise tags on guys. Uh, It's as close as you're going to get to being an NFL GM. But do you think it sounds complicated? It's not. I'm here to tell you it's the best thing about Reality Sports Online is it's just more fun than your normal fantasy league, but it doesn't take barely any more time. After all this, are you still not sure? I mean, come on now. You can test your general manager skills by going over to Reality Sports Online, call it RSO. Please go check out realitysportsonline.com right now. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. All right, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, the man of the hour. I told you he was going to be here. Logan Lamrandier from Sports Illustrated All Lines back on the show. He's crazy busy, gave us a little bit of his time. We're going to talk about this Green Bay game with him. Logan, how you doing this week? Doing good. Football's back, and I think since the last time we talked, you know, it was still preseason or even before preseason maybe, so it's good to be back. I appreciate you coming on, man. It has been a while now. We got limited time with you today, so we just want to get right into this, man. Uh, this Green Bay Packer game that just went down on Monday Night Football. I mean, we're going to talk about the broad strokes, kind of some of the things that happened, maybe some calls, some plays that we noticed, but I just want to start off again. This is a Detroit Kool-Aid cast. I want to be a little bit positive, like... I absolutely love this first half of football by the Detroit Lions. I thought I was proud of how they played. I thought the offense looked good. Are are you with me on that? They really seem to be uh, playing a level ball game and and feeling good at halftime here. Yeah, it definitely was. And they really played to their strengths in the first half. And you saw the offensive line and the run game. And you even saw a few explosive plays or, you know, big plays out of Quintess Cephas, which was nice to see and a good throw and catch there. But you have to be encouraged by the offensive line. And, you know, when the Lions are actually in more of like a neutral game script where they're not down by a bunch of points, I think they can really uh, probably be a real nuisance to a lot of teams just because they can run the ball so well. And they definitely have the first couple of weeks. And that's just something that teams struggle to defend against because it's, it's what wins you games to be able to run the ball when you need to and really take out the clock. And it's a great defense as well when you can run the ball because you keep the opponent's offense off the field. Some nice Detroit Kool-Aid from Logan there off the top. Drink it in, man. <laughs> I, uh, I, the one thing I loved, man, is how they, they took the football, which I'm a proponent of not taking it and trying to get that double dip after the half. But when they took it and you go down and score, it does feel pretty. Really nice drive to start the ball game. And Logan the throw from Jared Goff to TJ 
Hawkinson. I mean, that that was a thing of beauty. I mean, it was a perfect throw, a perfect catch. I, I loved everything about it. Yeah, there wasn't anything bad about the throw or catch. I mean, that throw was just absolutely right where it needed to be. Uh, you know, perfect touch on it, just dropped it out into the extended arms of TJ Hawkinson. And it was a nice hands grab by him too. And not the easiest catch in the world, but he made it look easy. So it was, that was a, just a beautiful pass and catch. And, uh, you know, one of the better throws you'll probably see golf make all season. I'd imagine it's because it's just tough to top that. Exactly. I like that a lot. Now the thing I, we'll get into some things we didn't like here. Again, we're going to try to talk, talk about where this team is at more so than some of these negatives, but I, I was just frustrated again that we just you knew from early on in this ball game that it was gonna be hard to stop anybody on defense. I don't know what it is. They still can't cover linebackers, you know, my guy AO is just nowhere in the pitcher most times when people are making catches on him. Like when I predicted this game on this show and then my other show, B O E A V Believe in Lions on the Bleed Podcasting Network, I was like, this game might be like 38-35. Lions gonna have to outscore. And it sounds like Dan Campbell thought the same as well. I thought this was gonna be back and forth what happened in the first four drives there where it was just score score back to back to back. Uh what's going on with the defense, man? Eh, you hoped that it was just for <laughs> scheme last year which it was, uh, but then, I mean, honestly, the Lions lost quite a few veterans, and it's not like the, these veterans last year were, you know, great or anything good, but right now the Lions have a very young defense, you know, so many young players with a couple of veterans mixed in, but it's just, it's at the point right now where, you know, the secondary is pretty beaten up, more so at corner, but you just look at the guys that they have out there and there's, there's a lot of newbies and there's, there's guys like Anzalone who have always kind of been just a mediocre player. And you put them in a team that the surroundings that is just not conducive to being uh, an easy situation for him. And he, he struggles and I still had a lot of tackles, but you know, overall he, the linebacker play in general, him and Jamie Collins have just not been great. And you have to give some credit to the Packers because uh, the Lions were basically, you know, playing too deep a lot of the game, just forcing the Packers to keep everything underneath and, you know, be methodical and not try to be overly aggressive. And Aaron Rodgers did just that. And then when the Lions went away from those two deep looks, that's when Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams just do what they're so good at doing. So it's just I, I did think the defensive line was going to be a little bit better than they've shown so far. It's It's not horrible, but it's not great either. Uh, but they got to, you know, especially the young guys, Ali McNeil, I've been impressed with him, but Levi Onzerike, who just, you know, didn't play all that much uh, against Green Bay and was out week one. You know, he, he's got to step up as well. And Michael Brockers, uh, outside of that sack, you know, he has, he's been okay. But then it's just a lot of things on defense. There's really nothing that stands out in defense that's like, oh, this is a, this is a good unit or a good position group. It's just a struggle all around. And, it's a passing league. And when you have the secondary that they have out there on the field right now, it's just, it's going to be tough to to stop people, especially with uh, passing attacks like Aaron Rodgers and, you know, other, some of those elite quarterbacks. A couple quick follow-ups for you. Have you finally come around on Jamie Collins? I've been trying to tell you every time you come on the show, 
the guy's lazy, he loafs around, he's always running behind receivers and running backs as they catch and running for touchdowns. I mean, exhibit A, B, and C pretty much in this ball game for number eight at linebacker. Like, have you given up on this guy, please? You come on, you defend him every time you're on the show. <laughs> I defend him because I don't say he's trash, but he is he's getting to the point where it's it's not looking great, and I don't know if age is caught up with him a little bit, but he doesn't necessarily look very fast anymore. And maybe that's, maybe his loafing or maybe he's just slow, but um, I, I feel care. like Anzalone has been worse than Jamie Collins, but I don't know if the coaching staff feels the same way about that. And it's, it's kind of split in hairs. Neither of them have been great. And I'm <laughs> totally all for the Derek Barnes train moving along and you know, getting some playing time from one of these veterans. Yes, let's get Derek Barnes out there. Now, another one real quick. Uh, I, I'm i really starting to lose faith in my guy Tracy Walker and, and Will Harris. I've fought for him many a times on this show, my other show, anytime I'm talking about the Lions, and they are just never in position, poor tackling. I mean, Tracy Walker would have had a nice sack. He's in the backfield maybe once or twice a game. The rest of the time, I always see him just in the area. Or making cleanup plays. And I've just seen enough of these safeties as well. And I'm going to piggyback on that. Why are we always hurt? We always have so many injuries. It's week two. Like uh, we got <laughs> corners dropping like flies. We got, you know, guys up front that can't play. We got our back end is thin. I mean, this just drives me nuts every year that we are the most beat up team in the league. It always feels like it's crazy. Well, I will say, I think Baltimore has us beat right now. But <laughs> yes, it does feel like. You know, especially Akuda, that that injury was just horrible for both him and the Lions because they really need to see what he had uh, in a new defensive scheme and you know, maybe with a little bit of pressure and uh, not dealing with you know his core muscle injury that he had his rookie year. But uh, yeah, it's as far as the safeties go. Yeah, Will Harris has never particularly looked good. I even at the college level, I don't think he was overly instinctive. And I think uh, of all the positions, if you're going to be a safety. You have to be instinctive uh, to, in order to make plays in the ball and just to kind of read the quarterback and understand what the quarterback's trying to do and, you know, the route combinations. And I just don't see that with him. And to make matters worse, his, his tackling is not anything better either. He's just – every time he tries to tackle someone, it's always – I feel like he's jumping at someone's shoulder pads or, like, just arm tackles. And it's – I think it comes down to probably poor angles – and again, that's like an instinctive type of thing. So it's just, I, he has the athletic ability. He has the size, but it's just never, I think he's more of an athlete than anything. So that's, that's something that the Lions, I'm surprised they didn't do it this year. They need to upgrade that safety position pretty badly next year. And Tracy Walker, I agree with you. Um, last year, I thought was going to be his breakout year. He struggled. And this year, he's, he's been better. He hasn't been bad, but he hasn't really made too many plays either like you'd want. And in your safety. So between those two guys, it's, it's been a struggle. Oh man. I, I, I was trying to keep it Kool-Aid, but you can tell I'm a little bit frustrated. <laughs> let, let me just, let me just ask you uh, so that they finished out the half where they kind of did what I think was right. They just sort of didn't want to give the ball back to that smug number 12. They were like, Hey, we're going to just try to get it down the field. And they had a nice couple plays there where you're almost thinking touchdown. But I, I remember saying to myself, 
hey, I'm totally cool with a field goal here with no time left. That was kind of what I was hoping for, and anything else I got was a bonus. Did you think they slow played it too much, or do you think that that was kind of the right way to go is just realize that we can't get the ball back and we want to get something, and three is fine at this point to go 17-14 at the half? Nope, I was completely fine with that. I wanted no time left for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so I was more than happy with just milking the clock and it's either you get a field goal or nothing, you know, I, Aaron Rodgers doesn't need, you know, any amount of time <laughs> to get, to get into field goal range or to throw a Hail Mary, anything like that. We don't need any of that. And overall, I've been very happy with just the coaching staff. I don't think they've had any blunders or anything that I disagreed with. I think they've done a good job and I, I totally agree with that, uh, first half, you know, kind of the just running out the clock at, at the end of the first half. I, I liked it, and I'm, I'm glad they did that because you never know with Aaron Rodgers getting the ball back what they're going to score, and I thought you had to play conservative there. Yeah, a lot of people were grumbling, you know, they, they let 20 seconds go off and this and the other. To me, it felt like the end of a half type of play. You're trying to figure out, do we step on the gas or do we slow play it? And they kind of got caught in the middle, so they ended up taking a shot or two, um, at least one shot to see if it's there, and then just kicked it and said, hey, we're more than happy to go in the locker room 17-14. So, Logan, before we finish out the second half, I know you've been uh, – Gosh, I've seen you on a couple uh, getting back in the radio spots, coming on a, a couple things here or there. So go ahead and throw a couple of the things out that you're up to these days. Oh yeah, still still doing the whole writing thing and the the Twitter thing. You know, it's it's <laughs> nice to have some new stats out there. I'm not oh, just yeah. regurgitating all the same stats from the last year, like I pretty much had to <laughs> uh, during the summer. And now that Stafford's gone and Galladay's gone, it's like I just had nothing to work with. So it's great. <laughs> having some new material, but yeah, uh, the huge show X's and bros, um, two radio spots and typically on at least once a week, X's and bros Wednesday mornings. And then the huge show is <laughs> whenever I can jump on in the afternoon. Nice. And sports illustrate all lines. They'll put on some articles there as well, right? That's right. Yep. All right. You know, well, everybody, everybody check it out. No doubt about it. So Logan, we'll quickly get to the second half and get you out of here because to me, I was so fired up going in the second half. I'm like, man, our offense is clicking. Our D can't stop anybody, but this, this will be fun. We, it should come down. As I said on Twitter at Derek Oakry, I was like, Hey, you come out, maybe get a stop in the first couple drives. Um, and then, uh, find yourself a turnover or two would be tremendous and see if you can win this late in the game. But before I knew it, I mean, this game was over. Let's let's look at a couple quick plays. The one that jumps out to me, this didn't even it's not even a scoring play, but this really is what did it. I think it was like third and twelve, deep in their end. We maybe had just come off a sack from Michael Brockers. And we had him pinned again. Aaron Rodgers, the pocket was collapsing, starting to get a little bit of pressure. And he unleashed one down the right sideline. I mean, you couldn't have dropped this ball in the hands of Devontae Adams any better. 50-plus yards down the field. I mean, I don't know how NFL quarterbacks do that. I'm not going to give the smug, arrogant, pompous, aloof, number 12, any credit. But to me, this kind of turned the tide right here because big play, first one of the game, had him, let him get loose, and then it was it was off to the races from there. Yeah, it seems like that was happening quite a bit. Whenever the Lions defense had an opportunity to get off the field, it's, something happened. And that, that pass play, it's like I wasn't even upset at the defense so much. Uh, although I did think, it maybe was a little interesting call considering the Lions have been running pretty much, you know, 
two high safeties the entire game. And then yeah. that time when it was a third and long, you got Melifanu on Devonte Adams, just one-on-one and it was actually good coverage. And I, mm-hmm wasn't even really mad about the coverage at all. I was more so mad that Aaron Rodgers could make that throw because it was yeah. the, just the absolutely perfect throw 50 yards down the field. And I just had to shake my head. I'm like, I, I can't wait until Aaron Rodgers is out of this division. Oh, gosh, he's so frustrated. Like his face, his hair, his look, his throws, his everything about him I can't stand. <laughs> but, I mean, talking about thing I can't stand, the next ball he throws a Robert Tanyan, Bobby Tanyan. I mean, this ball, too, was thrown through a keyhole. Like we got guys in front, behind. Again, Tracy Walker about a step and a half late to my liking. But another touchdown, you know, they end up scoring on a throw like that. Aaron Jones just waltzing in the end zone with guys nowhere around him on these short yardage plays. Some of my buddies telling me, oh, it's hard to guard short yardage. We haven't been able to guard short yardage for about two decades since I've been watching the Lions. Anything inside the five, we don't even have anybody that covers a tight end, a running back, nothing, just walking in. Like, I was... It was early mid third quarter, and I was in depression mode that we had played so great, and now this game's over already. That's how I felt. Yeah, it happened quick, <laughs> especially with the turnovers. But you know, the Packers just started making plays, and again, that Tanyan touchdown, uh, just another perfect throw. And Anzalone, I know he's been receiving a lot of hate lately, and yeah, I haven't been too kind to him either regarding his play, but it wasn't horrible coverage and it was just a better throw. And there's not a whole lot you can do about it because, you know, good throws will beat good coverage. So it's just something that uh, you kind of had to deal with. And um, it just, everything kind of snowballed from there, unfortunately. A couple rapid fire ones. Did did you have an issue with the fourth and one throw to Quintez Sivas or for them going for it in general? No issue going for it. I think they needed to. But I was a little Jared Goff, you know, and that must have been his first read was Cephas, but I just thought it was odd. You're going to run a hitch route, which requires really good timing on a hitch to the outside as a long throw. The yep. defense is playing man press, so you're not going to have a lot of uh, separation to begin with. And Goff just didn't really look off him and tried to thread the needle in there. It just didn't work out. And then meanwhile, you had a couple of receivers in the middle of the field that beat their man and were open. So uh, I, I didn't have an issue with going for it whatsoever. I do question uh, if it, just a standard hitch route was your best option to, to pass to. So that was, that was the really only thing I was thinking about that play. Exactly. You hit on everything there. Quick uh, follow up, a piggyback, if you will, like, can we please use DeAndre Swift more in the passing game? I mean, that's a perfect time where you could just isolate him on anyone, basically, and throw him a little two-yard, any route, option, slant, out, uh, any type of route, and it's pretty much going to be good. Or, like you said earlier, we got we got a big old nasty beast that's 20 years old, number 58, some other big hogs, Frank Ragnow front. Let's, let's run it. Uh, you know, I know we got stopped a couple times, but, um, you know, I feel like we're running the ball wells. So I, I have an issue with the call or the execution more so than going for it. I feel like, you know, going for it's fine. To me, Jared Goff, again, I'm starting to get this feeling that like he's very good when he's protected and when people are open and whatever, but I haven't seen any dynamic playmaking. I haven't seen any real accuracy with deep balls and 
he's going to have to do that at some point this year to be the above average quarterback that we need him to be. Can't just be a game manager that hits you when you're open and anytime there's any coverage he can't put it on you or can't throw it up over the top at all so I don't know man I felt like the fumble you know of the snap was horrible by him it's just inexcusable let the ball drop just while you're in your windup that just can't happen so definitely falls on him those those big turnovers yeah and that's looking back at the past few years and even in 2018 when golf was having that great season, I remember there was, there was a Stafford versus insert QB here debate like every week. But <laughs> I always said that about golf and it showed even more last week and it's continuing his trend of if he has a clean pocket and guys are getting open, he's going to look good. And a lot of quarterbacks do. But when he's under pressure and is forced to make some really difficult throws, that's when he struggles. And I'm not saying he can never do that because he has showed in the first half that he had a couple of really good throws. But he just isn't that type of player that's going to really carry the team on his shoulders with his passing and make some really difficult throws consistently, uh, especially in the tight windows or guys who aren't open. He wants to see the guys coming open typically before he throws it. And that's just uh, that's just something I don't know if he's going to be able to fix at this stage in his career. So if you, ha- you have a running game and he's protected, I think he can look good. And that's what the Lions need to do. And um, he's just he's got a limit some of those turnovers that he's always had issues with even before Detroit he's he's had fumbling issues and uh interceptions at bad times you know that's just the standard that's just what you know an average quarterback kind of is and unfortunately that's what I I think Goff is and that's what he what he looks like he is he's a guy who you'll probably eventually want to replace after a couple of years yeah yeah I've really enjoyed you know some of the things he's done it's just I can't have the turnovers and I need I don't even need to be a big time, you know, playmaker out of the pocket or guy zinging the ball deep down the field. I just need enough to show me that, hey, you know, when we're down a touchdown or two, there's still a chance. Or, hey, if the defense wants to crowd our run game, that you can make them pay. And I haven't necessarily seen that. I'm not unhappy with the guy other than those turnovers, but I just need to see a bit more from number 16 um, to get it, get us rolling. Now, let's just finish this up with this. I felt like, again, encapsulizing this game that you know you should be proud of how they started the game now a lot of times the Lions have not shown up and then came back in garbage time as they did against San Francisco or years with number nine back there I felt like if you really want to look at this game it's much better to play really well in the first half when everybody's trying to get it rolling and then have some issues back half rather than the opposite way. So, I mean, yeah, I hate that third quarter. I hate that the score looks the way it does. But, you know, a few plays go a different way. You don't turn the ball over that way. Uh, It could be a different story, and that's what I was hoping for. I was just hoping for an exciting game. I felt like I was proud of the Lions, that they didn't just, you know, Uh, have Aaron Rodgers do anything he wanted and I just wish it could have been a little bit closer hey maybe you fall by a score at the end or maybe you're even lose by 10 but it happens later in the fourth quarter that would have made me feel a little bit better but other than that you didn't really expect to win these first two ball games anyways so I'm not crying a river I feel like Dan Campbell and company do do need to get it together though and kind of um, you know find out what they do well and accentuate that against some of the teams coming up and I guess what I'm most curious about is how they're going to look against some of the average below mid teams of the league because that's when we'll really know what they have when you're playing the best of the league we know they're not there yet talent wise so that's where I'm at for sure and 
you have to have reasonable expectations going into this year. And when you look at the talent, yeah, the Lions have some talent. They have some nice pieces. But overall, the talent compared to other teams is just not great. So to me, the, the Lions even had you – know, I was – I think I tweeted that out. I was entertained for the first three quarters. I thought it was very fun to watch. And then that third quarter happened, and I was still entertained, but even though it wasn't going well in the fourth quarter is when it really – you know, fell apart and it was like, all right, you know, let's do something or get this game over with one of the two, because you don't want to get in any, don't want it to go any more South than it was. But I, the, the first half, it was, it was a good time and I liked it. I saw some promise. There was at least certain things to be happy about. And there's the obvious flaws that the Lions are going to have to work on. And you're not going to fill every hole in the first year of a rebuild. And the Lions have time to, to fix things, but let's just at least see some bright spots. And I, Definitely saw that from a few players in this game. I'm with you as well. I saw some bright spots. I don't like the loss because it's against that team and that quarterback, but still things to drink in when it comes to the Detroit Kool-Aid. Drink it in, man. So, Logan, I I know you got to run today. How about we do this? Uh, We got you in, got your thoughts on Green Bay. I'll give the people a game a little bit in the front end. I'll, I'll give them some extra here at the end of the show. And then maybe we can get you back just for a short segment on Friday because I want to hear what you're thinking about this Ravens game. I think it's a really another really tough opponent, but um, lots to talk about heading into that ball game as well. So can we do that? Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, thank you so much, man, for jumping on and, and talking with us. Always love having you on the show. For sure, man. Yeah, looking forward to talking Friday. All right. See you then. All right, everybody. Well, there he was, Logan Lamarindia from Sports Illustrated. Go check him out. All the articles you'll see, you'll hear him on the radio, podcast, whatever it may be. You can find him. Um, like you said, just put in Logan L Lamarindia, Logan, whatever on Twitter. You'll find him. He's putting out good stuff. He's got a big following. Really fun to talk football with him. So I know I've been a little bit all over the place here on the show. I mean, I think in my intro I was talking about Baltimore. I was talking about this and that. Like again. This is the Wednesday show. We're trying to recap the Packers. I'm already putting that game behind me. I'm frustrated by it. I still think there's Kool-Aid to drink. You know, Friday I'll be diving more into Baltimore as well as what this team might be moving forward. So I was all over the map in the intro. There's no question. Getting my days confused. Getting, uh, you know, teams. Like I said, I, I was so pumped for the Lions early in that Green Bay game. And then I was like so annoyed by two minutes in the third quarter that, yeah, as Bill Belichick would say, I was on to Baltimore at that point. So anyway, hope you guys enjoyed the segment with Logan as well as, you know, my intro talking about the young guys and you get them some more time. And like you say, just dive in a little bit more to uh, the Ravens game. Uh, me and my buddy Chops, a.k.a. Brian Nicewander, will be there if all goes well here this week, uh, trying to rep our lines and trying to find a way to get a W here in week three of the National Football League. So, everybody, drink that Detroit Kool-Aid. Drink it in, man. And as people asked for on Twitter and on different platforms, they want a cornbread. Cornbread! I always make it a double. Cornbread! Cornbread! I'll catch you next time right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. I'm out. Drink it in.